Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. This is Tanner from TamanBaseballFan.com. Uh, taking my usual nightly walk. I'm uh, trying to burn off some of these calories walking <laughs> from from uh, having some rather large meals uh, today at uh, at families' uh, houses. And uh, yeah, it's a uh, good day. Very tired. Very tiresome day. But wanted to uh, talk to you all about a subject that's actually uh, that comes up all the time on social media forums everywhere and has been for the past oh gosh several years now um, so uh, the subject is licensed cards versus unlicensed cards we'll go ahead and start off by defining what they are so generally speaking when somebody says uh, talks about a licensed card they're talking for baseball about tops uh, because tops has an agreement with major league baseball that allows them to create baseball cards with team logos and that they can actually save the names of the teams so uh, unlicensed for example in baseball again would be for say panini and leaf where they can't show major league baseball logos nor can they say the actual team name. So uh, if you look, for example, at a Mike Trout card, uh, you'll see that uh, if there's a full body shot uh, of a you know, Panini flawless Mike Trout, you'll see his jersey uh, is completely airbrushed, and uh, so is his helmet. And uh, so... Uh, that's basically what the unlicensed card companies have to do because Topps has an exclusive uh, uh, license with Topps. And uh, there are a lot of good things, I guess, that come out of that. I know there's a lot of bad things that come out of it too. Um, good things for Topps is obviously they have the exclusive license, so they obviously have the upper hand. Uh, bad thing is, is there's not going to be a whole lot of... Uh, competition and really there is competition people say that there's no competition tops needs competition uh, tops does have competition guys uh, with panini leaf they absolutely do it's just that in this competition they have the upper hand automatically because they can use the logos and team names uh, so uh, you know say that there's no competition is you know kind of not really fair when you really think about it uh, it's just they it's not a level playing ground by any stretch of the imagination because the general consensus is that uh, people do not like the airbrush jerseys and uh, the mention of San Francisco National League instead of Giants uh, you know and I understand I get it uh, now in doing all of this you really basically have tops as the only one uh, that a lot in a lot of people's heads that produce the only real uh, true baseball cards to an extent because yeah Panini and Leaf they they create real true baseball cards also but um, there's some people that simply will not touch anything that's unlicensed and I understand I get that uh, the thing that I don't get really is uh, how people could think that they're absolutely ugly and trash and awful and uh you know bad investment because truthfully none of that within the right parameters is, is really true uh 
and I'll tell you what, I actually did a political poll on Twitter a few months ago because uh, I'm not going to, you know, say which way, left, right, Republican, Democrat, conservative, liberal. I'm not going to say which one's which. I, I will say this. Um, I noticed that one side was uh, has been extremely vocal, and maybe I'm seeing this because a lot of my followers and the people that uh, I uh, am Facebook friends with and everything uh, point them out more so than the other side. Uh, but uh, I, uh, I noticed that uh, one side was very, very, very vocal. And it almost made it sound like one political party was going to lose by a landslide uh, because of how vocal uh, this one side was. Well, so I, I did a poll and it turned out it was the exact opposite of what voices I was actually listening to. Uh, and so, and overwhelmingly so. So I found out very quickly that no matter how loud you are, no matter how vocal you are, you still count just as one vote. You could sound like you're uh, making all kinds of noise and that you talk for an army of people, but at the end of the day, your voice is your own and you don't speak for anybody else. I found that kind of interesting. That's kind of a little bit of a revelation for me. So I wondered if that kind of uh, ported over to cards to licensed versus unlicensed. Because you hear some very loud vocal people uh, that say that Panini and Leaf are trash. And, uh, you know, I mean, just they're relentless. And I'm, I'm not somebody that's really kind of going to go to bat for them, so to speak. Uh, this is really kind of more of an observation, I guess. Uh, and then I'll give you my personal opinion on this also. So I think that really for the most part, if I remember correctly, and y'all correct me if I'm wrong, because I don't have any notes in front of me or anything. I'm literally just going off of, uh, off of memory here. But I think, I think that around 2011 or so is really when Pinini and Leaf started coming in and creating these baseball cards. And, uh, you know, yeah, I, you know, <laughs> look, I'll tell you something. I would love for Panini and Leaf to be able to have the capability of having logos and uh, uh, being able to say team names. I think that'd be incredible. Um, unfortunately, it's not that way. Uh, Tops has been doing a great job of uh, putting out some really high quality uh, products. And again, you'll, you'll hear these people are extremely vocal about how displeased they are with, uh, with tops. I get it. You know, you're, you're always going to have critics for, for what you do. You cannot please everybody. Um, that's, that's just not how it works. Um, but uh, I do remember uh, years ago, there's like a National Treasures Chris Bryant when he was like the you know, hot up-and-coming uh, player. I think it was probably 2014 or so. And uh, I did a mock-up of a uh, uh, card of his from National Treasures with logos. And, oh, it looked gorgeous. It was awesome. So I do get it. There is absolutely uh, an enhancement uh, that can be made if logos are, are uh, were usable by Panini and Leaf for their products. Uh, but uh, I will say this also. There are a number of cards that they do uh, that they're not so uh, overt about the uh, 
airbrushing and the, the lack of, uh, of logos. And some of them are, uh, can easily pass off so nicely um, without the need to use any logos. And there's so many high-end cards that uh, really, I mean, <laughs> to be honest with you, you have a, a baseball card that's like a bat barrel, like we talked about last week with uh, um, the new Flawless coming out, like a, a bat barrel nameplate of Shoeless Joe Jackson, for example. Okay, I mean, <laughs> you gotta think for a little bit, who cares if it's unlicensed? Uh, there's a piece of Joe Jackson's bat in that. And, uh, you know, I will address this also. Uh, there are some people that, uh, that claim that uh, the Shoeless Joe Jackson bat was uh, fake because there are only five known game-used bats around of his that go for half a million dollars. No way Panini would buy one, much less cut him up, and so on and so forth. And so uh, that's what I read. So then I did a little bit of uh, more reading on the back. It talked about how uh, it was part of his uh, barnstorming uh, game or something like that. So, uh, you know, apparently Shields Joe Jackson, post MLB career, he obviously had a lot more juice in him, a lot more gas in the tank after he was uh, kicked out of baseball in 1920, I think it was. Uh, and uh, so he probably did some of these exhibition games or whatever they were. And those bats uh, that were used go for significantly, significantly, significantly less than his MLB gamers. And in the back of his card, it talks about how, uh, you know, it's not from a major league game. So, uh, you know, so some people, I think, are, are really looking hard for Panini to, uh, for Panini's mistakes, which <laughs> I don't think is necessarily a bad thing, really, because they really have messed up a uh, handful of times. Uh, but, you know, same thing goes with uh, um, this Ken Griffey Jr. Uh, cleat card I talked about last week. I know that uh, uh, it was an Under Armour cleat, and people were like, wait a second, he's got an exclusive license with Nike. How can it be Griffey? What are they doing? Did they... Uh, spend 40 bucks on a retail uh, uh, pair of cleats at Academy and uh, cut it up. Well, as it turns out, I think Panini was the one that actually came out and said, whoops, we, uh, we uh, mixed up his cleat with uh, Aaron Judge. First, I thought it was Albert Pujols or something like that, but yeah, it was Aaron Judge apparently. Uh, so, you know, mistakes like that do happen. So I think for us uh, as collectors, we do need to uh, probably you know, do a job of uh, keeping them accountable and calling them out for the stuff, for sure. Um, but I think also there's like a massive difference between uh, crying fake and uh, leading everybody to believe that they quote unquote probably bought a $40 pair of cleats from Academy and cut them up and put them in the cards because that doesn't help anybody at all so uh, now does them swapping out pieces uh, mistakenly help anybody no <laughs> that's a that's a terrible move obviously um, so my suggestion by the way if you ever get something like that is to contact them and you know have them make it right you know have them redo the card if they will um, I think it's only fair uh, but you know they'll probably do a replacement or something maybe I don't know I've never 
I reached out to them to do something like that. And, uh, but in any event, kind of getting off track a little bit here, I guess, but, uh, but either way, you know, there are definitely some beautiful, beautiful cards. And I think that a lot of people would be, uh, uh, missing out if they just shut off their, uh, their interests, their collecting interests, simply because some of these cards are non-licensed, uh, because they make some beautiful, beautiful cards. Again, not all of them. <laughs> there are some that I really don't like, that I literally will not touch uh, because of the design. But for me personally, uh, it's about, uh, you know, perhaps like what relic they're using. That's one thing. Another thing, which is probably most important to me, or at least right up there, is the actual design. Uh, if they can design something nicely, like even think about this with the uh, uh, with sticker autographs. There are some people that that hate sticker autographs. I I get that completely. Also, like a lot of us, we really want to be able to know that our favorite player held the card that we have in our collection in his hands and signed the card. I get it completely, as opposed to some sort of like assembly line where they have like this roll of stickers and, you know, they sat there for, you know, hours on end, just signing their name over and over and over and over. And then when a card company creates a card, they pull out that ticker tape and, you know, take off one of the stickers and slap it on one of the cards. Um, I get it completely. hundred percent. I think on card is better. Uh, but the next best thing, in my opinion, is when you have a card company that designs a card and they design the card with the intent of having the sticker autograph. So in other words, uh, I don't like it when myself, when there's a card that's created uh, without an autograph, that looks nice, but then you have another card that's created uh, just for the sake of having an autograph parallel where the only thing they did differently is they faded the bottom so they could slap a sticker on it. Uh, there are exceptions to every rule, don't get me wrong, but uh, for the most part, I really don't like it when they do that. Uh, I like it a lot better when they take the design and they actually uh, create a white box with like some sort of artwork around it to show where the sticker should be. They place the sticker in it nicely and it becomes a part of this, uh, this piece of art really when you do that. It's not just a, okay, here's a fade at the bottom that doesn't really look all that great, but uh, um, it's a place where the sticker autograph can show up better. I just, uh, those don't really speak to me all that much. Um, and I think uh, Panini does a good job uh, for the most part, uh, doing autographs like that. Uh, again, <laughs> not all of them. There's some of them that I just absolutely despise. Like, I'll tell you one thing I'm not really a big fan of is like the incredible shrinking uh, relic windows. <laughs> There's some of these relic windows nowadays that are like super small. It's like they took that small square and they cut it in half or, <laughs> or something like that. I'm not a big fan of that. I think that, uh, I would definitely like to see uh, uh, them as bigger. Um, so, you know, that's one thing. Another thing 
I noticed also that Panini's doing, uh, which is interesting. It's kind of a hit and miss for me, but it looks like they're getting a lot more creative with their relic windows. Uh, I noticed that in Flawless, for instance, they have like, uh, you know, a longer, thinner relic area in some cards on the upper right-hand corner. And then the bottom right-hand corner, being a horizontal card, bottom right-hand corner, they have the same size and shape with another relic where they have the player sign in, in the middle. Uh, so I definitely give them an E for effort on that. I'm not really sure I'm tracking with them on, on how it looks, but uh, there are some other parallels in Flawless that I do think look nice. Uh, you know, like there's a buddy that showed me uh, uh, an A-Rod dual patch that he picked up uh, earlier today, actually. And it's a vertical card. The patches are beautiful. They're stacked on top of each other. They're square on the left and they've got some nice uh, foil embellishments uh, around them and the card just pops. It's very nice and I think it would have been a disservice uh, to uh, a lot of collectors out there to just turn their uh, heads away from something like that just because it's panini or whatever. But you know, I mean I'm not trying to uh, uh, get anybody to uh, think a certain way or, or collect a certain way that they're not comfortable with. Uh, but with that said, uh, I would like to absolutely try to uh, be a voice out there that's not just uh, the same as everybody else's by saying, you know, unlicensed sucks, it's horrible, it's terrible, stay away. It's a bad investment. Uh, I want to be somebody out there that offers kind of like an alternative view for it and uh, to encourage you to critically think for yourself on what makes you happy and what you want to collect. Uh, I mean, I have no qualms with anybody that wants to stick with Tops because look, let's be honest, Tops is killing it. They've got all kinds of incredible products that they're offering. And uh, yeah, not all of them are, are home runs. I don't think they're all fantastically wonderful. Uh, I probably like there's more uh, than uh, Panini or Leaf. Uh, you know, I don't think I, I think I probably dislike less of their stuff <laughs> than Panini's and Leafs. But gotta say that's, there's, there's a reason probably why they have the license and Panini and Leaf don't. Uh, but, you know, like I said, uh, I don't think it's, necessarily a, a great move to stay away from panini and leaf just because uh other people are saying they're terrible uh cards because they're not they're they really aren't there's a lot of them that they have beautiful cards that they made in fact there's a handful of cards in my collection they're like the best of the best that i just love and they're panini and leaf they're not tops uh, in fact, uh, the Bat Barrel Canseco card that I have, uh, I had like probably five barrels at some point, which was like the lion's share. I mean, guys, it was like <laughs> there weren't really any other collectors out there or many other collectors out there, maybe, maybe one or two perhaps that had other barrels of Canseco. I had the lion's share of all of them, uh, the best of the best. And, uh, you know, out of those... Um, on screen, the design intricacies and everything were uh, had greater detail on the tops uh, 
created bat barrels, but in hand, the one that I enjoyed the most is not a Topps product, it was a Panini product. And uh, it's kind of interesting how that, how that works out is the usage of, of their uh, gold holofoil that just made me love it. And, you know, look, I get it also. It's, uh, you know, completely uh, based on opinion on what's better, you know, because I can't say that's the best bat barrel out there. I mean, you know, shoot, I could just say that I liked it the best. Um, but, you know, I've got the knob that I have is tops licensed. Uh, I don't think I've seen uh, a bat knob from an unlicensed company that I liked better. Um, but, you know, same goes with like button cards. I think Tops has the best uh, button cards by a long shot. Uh, if I'm remembering all of the cards I had before uh, correctly, but um, but yeah, I mean, you take a look at the uh, uh, my uh, patch, uh, elephant patch card. It's from Leaf, and it's like my favorite uh, regular sized card with the patch on it. So uh, you know, I mean, it's uh, I couldn't imagine uh, building a collection and not having these incredible pieces in it just because they're from panini or leaf or something you know so uh anyways yeah i mean that's that's all i have to say about it and i guess in conclusion uh you know once again don't stay away from them just because everybody else is shouting that they're terrible <laughs> if you think they're terrible more power to you for sure <laughs> if you just think panini and leaf are awful then yeah don't don't buy any but don't base your opinion on those that are loudest because as I said at the beginning, uh, those that have the loudest voice still only have one vote and they can't speak for anybody else except for themselves. That's all I have for tonight. Uh, thank you all for listening. As always, please like, subscribe, and share uh, this podcast. I would love to have more people listening in. And uh, man, I'm so... Uh, thankful and overwhelmed by all the people that write in to me. Uh, TanmanBaseballFan at gmail.com with their thoughts and questions. I mean, it's, it's cool. <laughs> I'm really liking it. I'm enjoying uh, hearing all these people that are they're listening to me and everything. So anyways, with all that said, y'all have a great night.